Hello there, I'm Tim and he's John and this is How to Murder Time, a podcast about games and things. Hello everybody. Watcher. Another show. Yeah, we're back again. Hello. So I, can, I can wave at them now. Look. You can? Yeah, hello. Yeah. Every time you wave at the start, it means I can't put the logo up at the start. Oh, right. Hang on, shall I wait a bit? Right, now so wave. There's a logo here. Right. Now I can wave. Hello. Yeah. Okay. There's no logo there because I wouldn't have bothered bringing Oh, you, I, I did graphic design and everything, but I know. no, no, nothing. Well, you gave it to me in a weird format. Yeah. I need to work on it and I haven't had time. Anyway, Probably yes. ought not to talk about this kind of thing on the actual show. No, we should leave that for the pub afterwards. All right, okay. The usual uh, after the pub bitching about... Uh, State show. of the world as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about The Witness. Okay, yes. The Witness. Something is... gave you a key for that, didn't he? Yeah. He thought he'd be really, really funny. Yeah, yeah. It's in, in, in an act of monumental griefing. You've given me a key to The Witness, knowing knowing a basic amount about my psychology. Um, so The Witness is a puzzle game. I think yep. you've talked about it on the show yep. when yep. it came out, I think. And it's out, been out for about a year or so. A year and a bit. Mm, something like that. It's by the chap who did Bla- uh, Braid. Yes. At Jonathan Blow. Yes. Mm, a name which still, still makes me... Giggle. Um, yes, it's a very good game. I'm enjoying it a lot. It really is. It's, it's, it reminds me a bit of the uh, Mist. Yeah, that kind of yeah. style of thing. Which is I, I think that's intentional. Yeah, yeah. You're you're on this island. It's a large, inexplicable island covered in puzzles that you basically work your way through. It's all delivered in the medium of flat panel LCD touchscreens scattered around this world. I thought they were just sketches. They could be here, which um, display a number of simple line puzzles, and they're they're in the basic format of a grid, a square, a grid of squares, and you have to trace your way around the squ- around the grid. Um, not crossing over yourself and starting at one point and going to the other but there's different sorts of gimmicks and different sorts of rules that get introduced in a, in a really intuitive way there's no text no no instructions no sort of pop-up tutorial tips or anything like that it's entirely told through the medium of the puzzles themselves which is really good really cleverly done i mean i didn't i found uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I have memory problems, so I, t- I tended to forget some of the mechanics after I'd learned them, but they, they were definitely taught to me more yeah. or less intuitively as you go along. You'll you'll come along and you find the side of a barn or something, and there'll be like five grids on there, and each grid would contain the new gimmick, but in slightly more elaborate forms, allowing you to understand what the new gimmick is. For example, you'll come across a grid. The start a grid's easy, it's just a maze, and then, then you're introduced to some with little broken gaps between some of the lines, so you can only go a certain route through the grid. That's a basic maze then we're introduced to things like black and white blobs in yeah. inside the squares of the grid and you have to bisect the black and white blobs so they're not in the same sector at the same time you know not crossing over yourself all simple stuff and it, you know you might think oh this is like a supermarket carousel three pound game and you see a lot of stuff like that brain training whatever but those are very limited experiences this it's it's one so of those designed by somebody who knows how to design a game and has thrown so much production behind yes. it that you can't doubt that this is a very well put together game. Yeah, yeah. And so you work your way around the island, and the island's divided up into different areas, which which focus on a different new puzzle gimmick. And then there's sort of some areas where those gimmicks cross over or add to each other, and so on. And you're sort of unlocking these lasers, which are pointing up to the top of a nearby mountain. The island's fantastic, by the way. It's just this sort of weird, sort of flat shaded, almost sort of watercolour, sort of posterised look, look and feel to it all. And yet you're moving around within it. Very, yeah. I don't know how they do that. Some clever stuff with shaders yeah. or whatever well, <clears throat> it's just a very stylistic sort of place and obviously no one there it's the whole sort of inexplicable what the hell's going on here type thing happening as well which I really enjoy and as you're going through the island you're sort of building up more and more elaborate manifestations of these puzzles you come across one area and there's a load of grids and no clues and the grid is a completely filled in grid that you just go start to end and you think well I don't really get what's going on here and then you sort of look around you take in your surroundings and this this particular area it seems like a sort of Japanese pagoda thing and you sort of step take a step back and you think hang on this this, this, the nearby tree branches are casting shadows on this puzzle. <laughs> oh! And you, so you move around a bit, and then you find a point where the shadows line up to show you the, the solution around the puzzle. And that is genius. And then there's another variant of that where you have to go and stand like about 10 metres back and look at it through some tree roots, and that shows you the solution to that particular puzzle. There's a particular set in a sort of deserty sun temple where it's just a hexagon and a start and an end, and you think, oh, God, what to do here? You need to draw lines, whatever. Until you take a step back and you look and you can see the sun glinting off it at the right angle and in that in that sort of glint you can see the, the marks of somebody's finger smearing going through <laughs> and showing you the, the puzzle. Incredible stuff. It, it, absolutely spatial 
in nature. It's, yeah, you think, oh, what, what can you possibly? How can you possibly get a like forty-hour game out of a out of a out of a four by four grid? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you play the first one, you think, well, that's, that's nice, but I don't want yeah, to do another I, forty hours of this puzzle. Yeah, and having spent however much I spent, oh, I didn't spend anything on it because I got given it for free. But it was about fifteen quid at the moment. I think it's, I about, think it's, f- it's about forty quid. It was or so a full with. price for this. Yeah, yeah, and you look at it, and you think a square grid, and you think what? And you think, well, oh, this this will be over quite quickly. Yeah. And, and I still haven't finished it, and I'm stuck. So you've got all this going on. So there's a whole different it's different mechanics going on in different areas of these this island, and each of which the culmination of understanding that mechanic and working through the little set of puzzles is, is this this box opens up and a big laser on a projector pops out and points at the nearby mountain, and you go around and you look at all these different. Um, all these different um, sections and all the different lasers all converging on this mountain top. And on top of the mountain, there's a pair of blokes, you know, statues, with one of them's holding a box. Yeah. And each time the laser hits the bowl above it, a little flick thing appears, opens up on the front of the thing, allowing a bit more of the puzzle to be got at <laughs> on, the to- on the front of this box. And it is literally just a key shape. But you have to go around and do all the different sections of the island to open the flaps on this box so that you can open the box and then you know more stuff happens as well. Uh, how far do you get with it? Not that, well, Cause, I, cause I played for a while. I'm aware and that then got of... lost, and I got lost in a bit where I didn't know how to do the puzzles, and I couldn't find my way back to the bit where I could do the puzzles. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, there is a sort of map. But there's a little mechanic where if you're on the edge of the island, there's certain places you can get a boat to come up out of the water, and then the boat takes you on trips around the island to other jetties. So you can and that has a map as the sort of control console for that, and you can sort of use that as a basis of finding your way around the place. But but yeah, so I mean, obviously a lot of I mean danger of massively spoiling things here. I mean, the nature of the puzzles are such that you could just watch, well, to a point, you could just watch a walk, YouTube walkthrough and, and perform them as, as you know, laid out. That's the, a puzzle is a puzzle. Except you get to a bit where I'm stuck. And I try not to spoiler it too much, but I've gotten to a point where there's a series of timed puzzles. It's, there's a music box section. Yeah. You can probably find <laughs> more details about this online if you search for it. But basically there's a, like a record player you know, old, you know, vinyl yeah. uh, on on a table, and when you and there's a simple little sort of hook key shape thing that starts it going. So you do that swipe across, uh, and it starts playing the record. And it plays two pieces of classical music back to back. The second okay. of which is in the Hall of the Mountain King, which may explain my uh, somewhat frustrated outburst on Twitter, um, where I'm quite dismissive of Piergint Suite. Okay. Um, yeah. Yes, uh, and and during the course, basically, when that record runs out, all the puzzles will turn off. Oh. Yeah, so you, so you start like be you, the entire ring cycle. You start the record player, and then ahead of you, these puzzles light up. And the first one is just a three by three grid, straight easy. Next one is a four by four grid, straight easy. Next one's a four by four with some coloured squares you have to split, and you think, okay, fair enough, doing well. Then you run down the corridor, and there's a table with a with a you must. It's the hexag. It's the little hexagons on the on the vertexes mechanic which is basically means your 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 path has to go over yeah. the lit up hexen. So you do that. Then you go around the corner and then there's four more on the wall in there and you think, oh God, I'm running low on time. And of course each time you get the puzzles wrong you, you have to go back and do the previous one again because oh. it resets, yeah. And then across the, there's across a little wooden bridge and there's three of them in a row and you can choose which of the three you want to do. And that lights up three more, you can choose which of the three you want to do. Then it takes you to an actual physical maze where inside <laughs> inlaid in the walls are another puzzle on, <laughs> on L C D screens at every junction and vertex of this physical maze and as you're walking through the maze walls come up in front of you so you have to come back and try another route and you have to find two of these puzzles inside the thing and then when you get outside are two of the column puzzles have you seen those yet no no anyway the point being is it's insane absolutely insane and i thought oh okay all right well at least at least i can sort of work my way through and write them down and get get quick at each one as i work through no they change every time all of them it's absolutely. Oh, so what you're basically I'm saying so is that cross. you're basically so saying frustrated. Jonathan Blow sucks. He is a dick. Yes. Um, no, it's it's very really clever. I mean, I I came close. I think I've had a couple of goes at it, and it's that classic wall of game difficulty. Do I carry on, or you know, how much effort and life do I throw at this, or do I give up and walk yeah. away? So I'm going to keep tripping away at it, but I've gotten quite far, I think. And it, it's it's a game that delights in continually going. Ah, you think you understand it? Now try this. Oh my God, what do you want me to do now? <laughs> there are sections in there that involve motions, involve th- th- closing other puzzles and reopening puzzles again. There's uh, <clears throat> a little bit of a spoiler. There are not as there is a lot more lasers than you think. <laughs> okay. I know that I, I was I was absolutely stuck for about uh, about you know a whole afternoon and I looked at it and I thought hang on there's more lasers and yeah yeah so uh, well that was a, a revelatory moment but there was that real sort of 
ah, you know, that eureka yeah. moment. And, and I don't get that a lot in gaming these days, that sort of insurmountable puzzle that you just about manage to rationalise out and get and suddenly understand. And yeah, it's quite euphoric. And uh, yeah, I mean, the inclusion of this time... So far up to this point, it hadn't really had any timed aspects to the whole thing. So... It's quite it's quite disappointing because I wasn't really looking for an action adventure experience. No, not no it really like does not like seem like it'll fit. Yeah, yeah, but suddenly it wants you to do fourteen or so puzzles in quick succession in under I don't know five minutes or however long, and you can't write that. If you open the, if you push escape to bring up the the pause, yeah. you know, the pause menu, that resets the, the clock. <sighs> I know, I know. It's, it's ah, yeah, it's it's calculated to drive me insane, and it's working. <clears throat> so you got this going on, but then also there's a second diet. I don't know, did you come across any of the squiggly shapes on the black pillars? Uh, I don't think so. No, okay. <laughs> Not very, worry? I got lost. Okay. Well, as well as the sort of the sort of linear progression of puzzles around the island and the mechanics that you're building up and learning, there are also these black columns of hexagonal Sort of wing nut type look, you know, hexagonal nut type things stacked up, and on on these columns are a bunch. Well, nothing to begin with, but as you look around the landscape, you'll start to notice circles with lines coming out of them, and that's and they're they're utterly abstracted out of the actual landscape itself. For example, if you you could be stood on stood at a particular place in a field and look up, and certain of the clouds are now in a, in a particular alignment. Okay, that, and you'll see a circle. And when you when you enter puzzle mode and just click on that circle, it lights up with coloured fire, and you can trace a squiggle through the clouds and then down a wall and then across you know a, a notepad that's in front of you a bit you know completely leaping across yeah. the perspective and that will suddenly light up and go off and appear on one of these pillars okay. so there's this massive i don't know there must be about i don't know there's about 20 or so of these pillars and each of these pillars has got between sort of four to four to 20 or so squiggly shapes on and those shapes are actually hidden in the landscape around you and you know just in the architecture the side of a building might have a circle somewhere and some lines and you think oh if i hit that and it goes woof, and lights up and then you trace it and off it goes to the pillar i've no idea what happens when you light all these pillars i haven't finished any of the pillars you should try well pillars. yeah i don't know if that's intended as a secondary sub game or, or there's more to it because that's going on it's almost a sort of hidden object game built into the puzzle game as well which is astonishing and, and it's just so much <laughs> so much <laughs> hunting around to do i could see yeah like you say, a game based on a four by four grid and just trace your way from one end to the other. Suddenly, there's hundreds of hours of gameplay there. You can just imagine those design meetings where they sit down, going, "Right, okay, we need another puzzle." Yeah, okay. some of this stuff is, is absolutely insane. There's a there's a series of puzzles with yeah. You because know, remember, none of it. The, there's no no tutorial, no no sort of wacky Glados type voiceover coming at you through all of this. It's just you know, it's presented at you as a really silent meditative experience. There are occasional voice recorders lying yeah. around that you click on, and sometimes those will play inspirational quotes from history. And so I think some of those are starting to build up to some kind of quirky hang on what's going on here type thing. But those don't really seem related to the puzzles themselves at all. They're just sort of I don't know, a bit of extra pretension dropped in there um and it's yeah just I, the one set of puzzles i came across that i couldn't understand at all it's the sort of wiggly wiggly sort of double zeros and a on along a line type puzzle and it took me ages to realize spoiler alert you nearby was a loudspeaker playing bird song okay. and you had to basically every so often it go ooh, ee, up, you know you play high low yeah. high and low notes and medium toned notes and you have to draw that using the the, the, the sort of sine wavy bits of pit and that would make it complete and then you sort of work along that chain and it starts uh, so oh god, oh god i'm having to listen to bird calls to try and solve this puzzle and then about three or four puzzles in it starts adding mobile phone rings in, in over the top of the bird songs or playing two bird songs at once and one of us only one of the bird songs is the solution you need and then another another one along that same line suddenly the bird song is the interference and you're actually supposed to play trace out the sound waves of the wolf howl that you thought was actually supposed to be masking the bird song it's that kind of game and it's doing that kind of stuff all together it's, it's playing with you it's trolling you it's subverting you what its own rules a lot of the time sounds ghastly it's it's really good i love it and yeah, a massive sense of achievement. Having you know, trying to just keep getting further and further in. I got to one one room where there was this whole row of puzzles, and I did some of them, and I thought, hang on, this one of these I think is impossible, and that's something as well. I have no idea if all of the puzzles are supposed to be solvable or not, Ooh. because that's exact. That's the kind of trolling that I've come to expect from this game as well. Mm. And I, I I just looked at it, I drew it out, I mapped it. I, you know, actually, yeah, here we are. I just brought these along to show you. So here's here's. Here's page one. I probably can't see that very <laughs> clearly. Both sides of that are covered in. Describe those. Uh, 
You know that bit. You know that bit in every uh, sci-fi thing where (laughs) the person has been taken over by the aliens and is drawing (laughs) mad things on the wall. (laughs) Yeah, there's another page of them there and on the back of that one. Um, There's some there. That one there. I think that's food stains on that one as well. I got a bit blood. Yeah, I got a bit got a bit obsessed and intense. It's that kind of game. I can't remember. Mashed potato. I don't know, something very greasy by the look of the spread. Don't know, it might have been crisps. Anyway, the point being is I can't remember a game that actually required me to sit down and start drawing things out. And now I'm sitting there with my head in my hands, drawing, staring at this pencil sketch. Well, you know, the computer almost goes into silent mode, you know. <laughs> yeah, it goes into power saving while I'm trying to figure out the thing. And some of the... I'm, I came to this one puzzle. It's a, it's a two-dimensional... It's a, it's a two-dimensional puzzle on a three-dimensional column. Some of these grids start to appear on cylinders that wrap around on themselves. Yeah. So effectively, they're infinite from from left to right, but only so for six blocks top to bottom. And and I and it was one where there's a load of hexagons in a grid, and and you have to cover every hexagon with your trout. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't actually possible. So that sent me away thinking, oh god. And I'm refusing to look stuff up. You know, I'm, I'm it, absolutely this game. I mean, I suppose with the exception of that timed section where it's different every time. But this game can be totally spoiled by just a re- just watch the video yeah. or do. people randomly showing maps in front. of <laughs> None of that will make any sense, but um, but yeah, I'm starting. I, I sort of thought, and I thought, ah, this, I don't think this can be done. So I started backtracking all along the progression it had led me through so far, and I found something else, and it opened a side thing, and suddenly off I go again. And you know, it's just, it really is astonishing. I don't know how difficult. It's a very difficult thing to calibrate. Difficult calibrating difficulty. I mean, how how is this too difficult for most people, or not difficult enough for most people? Do most people find this, this thing easy or difficult? Good question. I'm 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 getting there, but I know what needs to be done to move forward. I think I can do it. This is more of a practice and reflexes type of thing now, which is a shame. I wasn't looking for I wasn't looking for some kind of timed puzzles, but you know here they are now. Yeah. And I think I'm going to try and get through it. Carry on, but astonishing and very. It's just a very nice game to be wandering around in as well. It's a lovely landscape, lovely little village and island and all sorts of flora and so on. And and also the, yeah the the hidden squiggles aspect to it as well is something you can go away at and do a bit off and come back to the main thing again. Whether I complete it or not, or whether I just get so fed up with it or I'm just going <laughs> to walk away, I've no idea. But very impressed. Very. I it's, I don't know what happened with it. Did it did it just really undersell itself? Did no one really get I what it was trying to say? It was never going to be incredibly mainstream. I get the impression it's just not really popular at all. Uh, and it disappeared off the public conscience very very quickly mm, uh, mm. consciousness very quickly it just disappeared because i think the it, people who really liked it completed it went off and did it and people it's a very hard game to drop in and out of yes because you can't remember anything like if, when i go back to it i'm gonna have to start again because i can't remember I, yeah i was chatting to someone about that and he was saying that you know whatever you do don't go away and then try and come back a couple of months later because yeah. you'll have forgotten how all the mechanics work and after that i decided to start keeping just a little text file explaining how each of the little mechanics works <laughs> that i've learned so far just so i can pick it up straight again then if you've I need up- to. upgraded it because notepad can't deal with files that large <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, just note taking. How often do computer games make you have to make you know copious piles of notes and squiggles and stuff? Elite. Well, but, well, I don't know. Not not nowadays. Not not elite dangerous. That all that all tracks your profits and stuff. In I'm the writing UI. down numbers. Well, maybe. But it's, it's that kind of thing, or writing down runes from Ultima Underworld, yes. the spells and yeah. stuff. It's that kind of aesthetic that just doesn't exist anymore, I don't think. More games need to do that. It's an interesting mechanic that needs to be brought back. Well, it's, it's that modern gaming doesn't trust the player, I don't think, to to, yeah. to, 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 to work at things on their own resources, to make their own notes, to, to well, save it, their own games. Yeah, you know, it's the problem, isn't it? Of, respawning, uh, tutorials, You, you wait five minutes marker. and it says, have you, opened, have you tried this? And you say, I wanted to work that out. I don't want you to tell me. No, just walk this way. Well, I don't know. Which a lot of games do now and, just, and they, they just keep badgering you saying you should do this you should do this you should do this yeah yeah that's thing puzzle quest remember that yeah it's where you're fighting monsters through the mechanic of a tetris gem matching yeah. game basically that it really wound me up because if you didn't make a move in under about 30 seconds it would just start to pop up with a little arrow and i yeah. couldn't find out how to turn it off it would say you know do this here and I'm like, leave me alone i'm trying to work it out i I don't know. Do, do games? Obviously, games companies spend a lot of money on well, there's the big big studios and big publishers spend a lot of money trying to work out how to sell games because yeah. that's their business. And presumably, focus grouping or, or just surveys well, or polls. Are people telling get them annoyed. That games are too difficult. People get annoyed on. if they get stuck and aren't moving. Yeah, and I think people see that as losing a sale. Or but it's 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 something I'm having to learn. I think <laughs> even this late in my life is that that kind of annoyance is not necessarily caused to turn and rail and blame the world. Yeah. 
you know, perhaps that's I need to I need to think about it a bit harder. I need to I don't know put more effort in. I don't know. It's it's the sort of adversity, nanny state, dumbing down, whatever you want to call it, I suppose. But <clears throat> I don't know. I think games are a lot easier now than they used oh, to be. Oh, definitely. I've been playing a lot of retro games. And that's not just a sort of misty-eyed forty-something. No, they are infinitely easier now you go on gog and get some of the old Baldur's gate era type stuff or go even further back and start trying to play any of any spectrum emulator games those things are insane and that was that was basically content you know that was that was what we expected we never expected to get to level two in most of these games that's why that's why you have this multi-load concept there's a great thing with a lot of these old retro games where somebody will just do a uh, put up a video of a walkthrough or a complete playthrough yeah and it's coming out at 45 minutes (laughs) and you think oh okay i spent that one uh months playing that game and not getting that far yeah it, but at the same time the games are much longer than that clearly if, if you can complete manic minor or whatever if you play pitch perfect if you could theoretically complete that in under about 10 minutes i imagine i forget what the time is but it is remarkable yeah, yeah minutes rather than, than and we talk of term in terms of gameplay being of, of, of 20 hours being too short and, yeah. and yet at the same wow. time these games they are, talk become a lot easier because it's all waypoint markers quest logs you know and, and pop-up tool tips and the, me- the mechanics and what's expected of us are generally easier and the, the ui and the control mechanisms are much much easier to work with these days you compare elite versus elite dangerous yeah. as an example just just with great big you know massive 3d engines and and you know much more confined control with just mouse and keyboard rather than only a keyboard these sorts of things so games well, imagine if you were playing elite using a proper thing like well, a yeah, joystick yeah, yeah hot ass yeah but um i don't know this this witness thing is it's it's got the technology and the sensibilities of the modern age but the the gameplay and the I don't know the heart, the heart of of a, of a game twenty years old. I think yeah, a puzzle. You could you could probably do the witness using what was that? Um, oh, the driller. Oh, the oh. There was a construction kit. Yeah, by the same three world construction kit. Yeah, you could actually make your own games like Driller using this. Funny enough, Driller's one of the games I've been playing. Oh right, but you could probably make some kind of workable version of the Witness using technology that was around in the nineties or probably even the eighties. Yeah, no, you could, no problem. And and but yeah, we got the modern feel and touch to it all. It's it's a really nice island to be just (laughs) strolling around on, assuming you're not going mad because you can't work out how to do the next puzzle, but. Really good, really interesting game, and I, and so, to be honest, something I think I'm just going to keep picking away at because I have a certain completionism cult, you know, sort of yeah. uh, compulsion there. So I think I might keep trying to play, but I probably won't rant about it much more on the show. But I expect <laughs> I'll, about the end. I'll let you know when I finish it and, and how disappointed yeah. I am with the letdown or whatever. But but yeah, The Witness, very good, surprisingly good actually for what from what for what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. Over to you. I'm going to talk about an ultra modern game just yep. came out this week. Okay. Thimbleweed Park. Thimbleweed Park. Oh, I saw this in the Steam. Yeah. Do you want an eight-word review of it? Go on then. That tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Wrong, Gilbert. Can... Yeah. Looks you... like scum. Yeah, you've had five. Yes, it's funny. Yes, it's funny. Okay. That's all you need to know. Hmm. Hmm. So I looked at that and I thought Monkey Island meets the X Files, but. Well, the X Files thing's weird. The only reason it was people... just a screenshot of two characters looked vaguely like Morgan yeah. and Scully. Everyone's going, "Oh, it's ripping off the X Files." <laughs> no, it's not. It's just a male and a female <laughs> agent in a weird village. One of them happens to be town. female and have red hair in yeah. a town which is way more Twin Peaks than anything else. Mm. Mm. No, it absolutely looked like a complete sort of yeah Lucas Arts classic with yeah. the, the same sort of verb yeah, grid on the it's corner. got that scum lovely look, UI look, walk, read, yeah etc yeah. uh, lots and lots of little improvements on it to make it nice like walking's a lot easier quite and low things. sort of low detail low resolution I suppose that's that's actually high resolution but jagged oh yeah it? no it's rendered at uh, very high resolution yeah, yeah. it's just not rendering as many uh, full pixels as uh, say something else it but it looks look. so much more gorgeous for it it, lo- yeah, it just looks like that era yeah yeah uh, I started playing okay. Uh, I'm playing on Xbox, actually, because um, it was just easier for okay. how I wanted to play it this weekend. And within seconds of playing, I was completely at home and really, really happy that I was back in a classic Lucas-style uh, adventure game, which is really, really good. What are the puzzles like? Is it, is it, is it Insane Moon Logic? Not quite. The hardest one I've had so far, which I actually had to have help with, was how to light a fire. Uh, okay. Uh, which needed something which... Exploding chicken, No, it's, it, it's something which makes perfect sense when you read the description of the item. Uh, okay. It's just I wouldn't have thought of using it, but then again, it does sort of make sense. Ah. Uh, there's two modes you can play in. Okay. There's uh, the easy mode and the hardcore mode. 
Easy mode makes the puzzles a lot simpler. Okay. Like at one point, well, that, that puzzle I was talking about, I was trying to make ink for a printer. Yeah. Uh, so it could print. Okay. Uh, which was a major plot point. And um, I believe in the easy mode, you just go find the ink and use it. But in this one, you have to make the ink. <laughs> which you have to go and find a squid. No, that would have been so much easier. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, so there was an option to play it like... Uh, if, if, you, if you're not into... Like LucasArts intended. Yeah, if you're not into what LucasArts intended, mm. then uh, you can play it on easy mode. But I would, I doubt I'd be quite as enjoying it as much. Well, it's your levels of frustration again, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's one of those games. Like Last night I got to the point where thinking, no, I'm just going to stop playing now. Uh, I'll be better so, uh, equipped to deal with this problem tomorrow. Because <laughs> yeah. it... The LucasArts game is an issue. Yeah, the LucasArts game, unlike uh, The Witness, mm. where going away can be a problem, with the LucasArts games, that style going away means you'll come up with a solution without you ruminate, trying. Yeah, yeah. Think about it. It'll, so it'll just come to you in the shower yes. or while you're asleep or something, because these things do tend to leak in. Mm. Uh, okay, the plot is there's been a murder. Okay. And the couple of agents are sent in to investigate it. And you have to investigate it. And there's a cast of weird people <laughs> in a weird town, which uh, basically there was a boom time of a pillow factory. And okay. the pillow factory uh, burnt down. And now it's in a uh, bust time. And uh, everyone, uh, all the shops are closed and that kind okay. of thing. And yeah, and you basically figure out what's going so that's on. That's a fairly realisticish sort of setting. Not like sort of weird fairgrounds and mystical kingdoms and space. You say stations. weird fairgrounds. There's a weird fairground. There's a weird fairground. Yeah. Right. Okay. Also, Sorry everything the uh, pillow company uh, does all the technology. Don't believe in transistors, so everything's valve based. <laughs> right. So everything's got glowing valves on it. It's okay. Fantastic. Uh, and quirky. Uh, yeah, and uh, there's the old tentacle every softer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maniac Mansion, Day, yeah. Day of the Tentacle, yeah, yeah. I've not seen any pirates yet, but I'm still looking. I bet the, yeah, the, the, <coughs> the pirates who do nothing sat on a corner somewhere. Yeah, yeah, no, it's an incredibly good game, um, and I'm really surprised that he's managed. Well, it's uh, uh, kickstarted. I saw it on, um, yeah, I saw it on Steam. Click through and I'd look, and it was some company, some studio I'd never heard of. Uh, presumably, start double fine. Yeah, no. No, someone, was it some, no someone else entirely, and, and I clicked on. I thought I'd never heard of them before. I clicked, and that was this is their only game. So yeah. perhaps this has been well, a no, studio that's formed the, for this. This is a Kickstarter game, hmm. uh, which was fun of that way, and um, yeah, we obviously put a studio together to do it or whatever. It's a shame that this kind of thing has to. Well, I don't know. I suppose this is a Kickstarter doing it right, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> people it, people it, want a niche thing that's not generally commercially viable, but you know, if they all believe enough and all put their five quid in or whatever, then eventually yeah. they'll get. And, the and, and not everyone could have pulled this game off. Yeah, um, you take an awful lot of game writers and they wouldn't understand it. So it is Ron but Gilbert. This is Ron Gilbert and it is making an awful lot of jokes back to the old games and things like he's talking, there's, at one point you pick up a broken ketchup bottle yeah. and the character explains about how in a Sierra game you'd be dead now and starting again. <laughs> but uh, uh, LucasArts-style games have a, a much uh, better attitude to this and they realise that uh, the game was a lot more enjoyable if you didn't try and make it longer by dying lots. Mm, yeah, yeah. The famous Monkey Island yeah. death, where you fall off the yeah, you can cliff. kill yourself. <laughs> no, you don't fall off a cliff. You, you go near the edge of the cliff and it snaps off, and you fall, and then like ten seconds, you get a game over oh, yeah. pop up, and then ten seconds yeah. later, a guy just bounces oh, back the, up. But there was a way to die in Monkey Island. <laughs> oh right, which is when you drown yourself. Oh. You can only hold your breath for ten minutes. <laughs> right, and there's a really you have to really go your way to die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's really, really good. I'm really, really enjoying it. Is it, is it for the fans? Is it a nostalgia thing? Would, it's a nostalgia. I don't know. Would new players get anything out of this? I don't know. Style? I, I am spectacularly badly equipped to be able to say. <laughs> so am I. That's what I'm asking. Because yeah. uh, I just love the original game so much. Yeah, and I'm just wondering. I don't, I don't imagine a brand, you know, new, newer gamers would, would understand. Or well, I think that's, perhaps they would. Perhaps I think that's where the, the uh, easier mode comes in. Yeah. Where you, know, you don't have to deal with the moon logic. People who haven't been trained in LucasArts yeah. thinking. Yeah. The, the idea of, okay, what is something that sounds like it could possibly work if we just sort of <laughs> step back a couple of steps? This rubber chicken has a pulley in the middle. I'm sure that won't be important um, later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I always wanted a rubber chicken with a pulley in I know, it's an iconic, iconic yeah. item. I don't know how they invented that. <laughs> well, exactly. Was it just a heavy we're, we're night just not out? capable of thinking in those <laughs> ways. That's, that's what made them so brilliant. Yeah, we just can't exist in their, in their world. 
But, uh, yeah. but it, it's, it's, it's just likely to spawn a load more, do you think? Or I was this know. just a right time, right moment sort of thing? It was a Kickstarter, people wanted it, so yes, thing. And I don't know, mm. I don't. I thought that Space Sims were going to spawn a load of uh, copycat games, but they haven't. Mm. So I don't think this will either. I think in this case, it really is a case of you have to have the right writers on board. Yeah. And well, that's that's partly. I mean, one of the downsides of Kickstarter is you've got no, often you've got no real idea that, that what they're even suggesting is even possible, let yeah. alone likely. Yeah. And and But in this case, you've got proven track records from people who've done this stuff before, yeah. which I think is probably where Kickstarter works the best. If oh, you, it if, is. If someone, who t- someone turns up Unless with an idea... Unless their name is Cl- uh, Chris Roberts. Well, they, they got to turn up with, a, with basically all the ideas worked out, all the planning done and all the design done ideally and it's we need some money so we can turn this into a real thing and here is what it's going to be and and yeah okay here's some money get on with it yeah. not oh I, I fancy doing a space sim give me lots of money you know and then what, where does that go next yeah. badly usually it's available on PC and Xbox via Idea Xbox which is their self-publishing program sort That's of self-publishing program the gamepad I'm playing on a game cursor. Yeah, no, it works fine on a game. It would be possibly easier on the mouse in some ways, but using some of the shortcuts on the gamepad are probably quicker than using the mouse. Good enough then. Hmm. Yeah, perfectly good enough. And it it has the nice uh, things like you can cycle around all the uh, active hot points on the screen, which is always nice. So Hmm. you're not just missing. Yeah, uh, I'm picking up Delphine classics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There the, were literally one pixel. I'm literally cases. picking up specks of dust off the floor and collecting yeah. them, and I don't know why, but <laughs> I've got a feeling it's a joke towards that. <laughs> yeah, they're just one pixel. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's not on PS4. I don't know if it will be or not, but they don't quite have the same program for self-publishing. So, does it feel like you're going to get to the end of this, or are you um, going to get far enough and? I think Move I will on. get to the end of it, I hope. Yeah. Although I'm not doing particularly well at getting to the end of games this year. Because <laughs> I keep getting distracted. But I think the, it's going to be short enough to. It's not going to be hundreds of hours because it yeah, is... Yeah, things generally aren't. No, No, because yeah. you know, Monkey Island was only ever, what, four or five hour game, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. I mean, yeah, extended by however long it took you to 200 hours the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The frustration factor of the puzzles. But, Back uh, in the day when there wasn't an internet to help. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the downside, isn't it? We live in a different age where it's very difficult not to accidentally spoiler yourself, yeah. even well, if you're the, trying not to. The good thing about this is there's so many puzzles yeah. that you can come across a couple by accident and it won't matter. There's, there's already there's, a walkthrough, there's already a speed clear, go to YouTube, whatever. But, yeah, but you have to actively look those up. Yes, yeah. If you have one way of solving something spoiled, like... Uh, how to start a fire, yeah. then it doesn't matter. Cause, the rest of it should be fine. You, know, you then need to figure out the next bit and then the next bit and the next bit. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Although, oh, it keeps doing another thing. There's, you switch characters around. Yeah. And, ah, one of those. Yeah. So you, you, you flash back to a bit in the past with another character, which okay. is a bit of a plot. And I keep finding bits on the flashbacks that I would need to use an item properly in the future. Ah. And I just know that that's just there for a, yeah, yeah, if they were together, it'd be fine, but they're not, are they? <laughs> Just messing with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. Time travel trolling. Mm. That's very wrong, Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, really good game. I recommend everyone it has like a, it. Really has the spirit of the. Uh, it does. The original. It, it. More than any uh, game made in the spirit of anything, this is one that really does feel like it has been made with love and care by the people who understand exactly what it means. Yeah. I think we'll, get, we'll see more and more of this uh, this stuff as as people who were there back then get older yeah. and, and still want to buy games. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> as long as diehards <laughs> like us are out there, they'll still make this stuff, I'm sure. Hopefully. Yeah, this is good. And, of course, that doesn't necessarily mean there are, we don't want new games as well. Just a nice uh, variety, I think, is the key. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. So I'm going to talk about Guns of Icarus Alliance, which is really, really new. This is not like me at all. I bought this basically on day one. (laughs) Then it came out (laughs) yesterday and I bought it. Well, it's sort of new and it's sort of not, because what it is is essentially uh, paid DLC for Guns of Icarus Online, which we did a fair bit. Were you there with us? I I played a tiny amount, but not much. We did a bit of this back in the day with the static groups. Um, Essentially, it's a game where four of you crew a a steampunk airship with, with like balloon gondola and cannons and everything and a big stick captain's wheel on the front uh, in in PvP combat against other similar ships with similar crews, uh, it was essentially an 
arena deathmatch type game with with just fantastic uh, multi crew ships built okay. right into the basics yeah. of the game. There's like seven or eight different sorts of vessel, and they've each got different gunning positions. Different sorts of guns can be put on those gunning positions, like Gatling guns or mortars or whatever. Mine launchers and stuff, uh, and then you got uh, various other components on the ship. And basically, you when you when you sign up, you you can join as either the captain, uh, you know, who's, you, who's, who pilots the ship. The pilot is generally the captain, um, and you got you got to fly the thing around. It's pretty. I don't know. I'm still getting back into it again, but I used to get. I got the hang of it back in the day, and it's quite a drifty sort of thing. You have to sort of you know go easy on the turns yeah. and the rising and falling, um, and you've got the old. Uh, Sort of uh, steamship, yeah, yeah, steamship speed controller there, sort of full ahead and so on. Um, I want one of them for elite. That would be great. Yeah, you, you then so you, you you do that and you're flying around the place. Then you have got uh, three other crew on your ship, uh, so maximum of four per ship. Although the matches will take several ships at a time as well. I think it goes up to sixteen, maybe on each side. I think I think thirty two ships or people. Top end uh, people. Okay. So yeah, four ships on each side tops, but. Um, you yeah then you got gunning positions so you run around the deck yes you, you have a person you actually run around the decks and stuff and up ladders and so it becomes Im- important to l- know the layout of each style of so ship. what you're basically saying is the shoes are uh, shoes the ships are uh, under uh, manned yes very much so there's often there's often a lot more than four guns on the ships <laughs> so you have to sort of choose which gun to be on at which given time given the arc of the opponents and so on um, yeah so you got then you can be a gunner or an engineer as well so gunners have uh, a whole bunch of like special bullets they can use with the guns but an engineer can jump on a gun and use it if they want to just gunners are better at it and you've got engineers who've got a variety of different spanners and everyone gets a spanner but the engineer's got lots of different sorts of tools uh, and they need to keep all the different parts of the ships as well as the guns and the helm you've got actually i don't think the helm can be hit but you've got you've got the balloon itself and the hull and a whole load of engines on the back as well and they can all take location specific damage from incoming fire and you can do the same to other other ships and it's the engineer's job to wallop them with a spanner to get them fixed again or, is that or just, how you fix them yes yes very much the, the, no it's like a gas pump module on the on the deck and that's responsible for the balloon but but um yeah you, they, they they can be on fire so you might need to get the fire extinguisher out or, or they can be broken in which case you need to wail on them with the spanner as fast as you can or if they're just damaged but not actually broken then you hit them once and that starts a cooldown based on the tool and then when that cooldown's done you can hit them again and then you have to run between all these different stations keeping a whole load of different flaming things on <laughs> all these different <laughs> systems running it's, and the guns themselves need repairing and topping up as well and you can hit them with a buff spanner as well which gives them extra hit points or extra power and so on if you're an engineer so you got two so yeah four of you on this ship one of you driving and the other people running around like crazy trying to shoot down other airships and that, that is the basic core gameplay and it's a lot of fun there's all sorts of special abilities and things you can throw flaming tar out the back of the ship if they're chasing you or you can pour moonshine into the engines to make you can go faster <laughs> but they catch fire so the engineer gets a lot more work suddenly uh, and you use all the various diff- variety of different guns to do different diff- different types of attack and damage on these various ships. It's it's a very it's it's set in a sort of post-apocalyptic steampunk sort of world where there's been this massive environmental catastrophe and there's just like rusting battleships lying in deserts underneath you and stuff. It's very evocative, very poignant sort of landscapes to the to the battles. And some of these some of the battle maps are like big red Mesa Canyon, Grand Canyon types of thing, and <clears throat> some of them uh, are like uh, these grim grey like ruins of what could be Manhattan sort of below yeah. you and stuff very interesting style and art design to it all very very it's very goggles and steampunk type stuff uh, but that and that was all fine we, we did a bit of that we had fun but it, it was essentially just deathmatching uh, and we could you know do our own little deathmatch maps or you can hop online and it match makes for you and you know crew up with a bunch of random strangers they got various voice macros and call outs and things that are supposed to help and integrated voice chat as well but ultimately it's four strangers <laughs> trying to work together to pilot an airship to victory can be a bit fraught anyway so we, yeah we played a lot of that and we went away and now and, and, and at the time they said oh yeah we've launched this and we've got big plans for for like a, a future pve mmo type experience and i think yeah that sounds interesting um but you know nothing really came of it no. so three years later hey, here it is thought, oh right saw it in the steam launch so they did they ever use the term mmo over anyway? i don't know if it was actually the term mmo what they've got now is basically a sort of pve mode this so this is guns of icarus alliance which is a 15 quid paid dlc i think if you 
buy it at the moment they give you the base game for free as well because you know <laughs> well, <laughs> it's useless otherwise but uh, what that does is it opens up a whole pve section to the game which essentially has you doing it, they've got this sort of risk style world map with resources okay. and four four factions um i can't really remember them all uh, off the top of my head but they're basically Red, blue green yellow uh yeah i think one was purple but yes uh, yeah. yes there's four four factions you can sign on with and you can change which faction you sign on with but you lose 20 percent of your current reputation score with that faction for defecting which is good because the first thing it does when you fire up this pve mode is it asks you to pick a faction on the basis of <laughs> no research no background no ideas or anything um and then you know you sort of sign on with their navy and start doing battles and basically it has a whole series of um sort of pve campaigns they've really beefed up the uh, yeah they've, they've put in a whole whole load of enemy ai units yeah. and and enemy battleships and all sorts of things and each of these factions has their own distinctive style of uh style of ship design as well and they've got special weapons that come from i mean all the matches i've been playing this weekend because they got some special on where you get bonus points for attacking this one particular <laughs> faction so it's i've only been flying against them and they, they're all based around ancient lightning powers so they've got big like tesla guns on the decks and stuff and it's all gleaming steel metal work and stuff very very interesting looking stuff um, so yeah, you you've got a variety of different styles of map. There's uh, defend the base, attack their base. There's uh, intercept convoy stuff, and these are big, large maps, much bigger than the sort of little deathmatch arenas where you've got one big mountain in the middle and you're just going round and round trying to kill each other. You've got various canyons and locations, all different spawn points and stuff. And it's like mining rigs, oil platform things on the ground out there. You need to go and blow up and then attack. You know, steal steal resources being carried by cargo balloon behind some enemy ships and so on. Um, yeah, and it's it's very much more i don't know tactical and interesting and detailed than than this the endless death match sort, yeah. of, sort of basis the thing would have been running on before i really like it it's good stuff so far you can jump straight in as uh, as randoms into the queue and, and sign on with these maps. Anyway, so as you as you sort of complete these various missions and achieve the objectives and so on, you you come out at the end of it with a whole bunch of war chest coins and also a load of effort. And the effort can be you can basically deploy to certain areas on this risk map and every battle you then fight will channel points into the overall resource game that's going on there okay. at that particular location and then you get these warchester coins you can use to buy extra resources to go onto a particular a particular sort of front on that big risk world map as well so it's not quite you know massive wide open world with lots of quest hubs and ports and things it's, it is still instance small objective gameplay but it's against npc you know uh, enemy ships um of, of whatever faction they've still got the pvp thing that, as, that works i guess the same as it did before they've given it a whole ui tart up and redesign and it looks a lot smarter and cleaner now which is good but um yeah we all i think we all we're all sort of we were all fairly indifferent about the pvp nature of it all and you know we, we were fighting each other because it was better than fighting random strangers <laughs> but it would be i think better if we were all on the same side that's the kind of way we play most of our static night stuff so i think we probably could go for that again yeah, I, don't know, like I don't know if there's enthusiasm there but it does look like it would support you know 16 players of, a, of an evening golf do some battles pick a faction whatever you can change factions if you don't like the one it's it's not casual but you lose you lose ground on the faction you were working towards but you, you're not you're not locked into it forever which is good there's a whole cavalcade of unlocks and costumes and rewards and titles and badges and things for for achieving various things in there like there always was it's about 150 steam achievements <laughs> it's insane oh uh, yeah it, I, I looked at my ratio once it, it, and particular. that was bad yeah it's just got it has steam achievements for absolutely everything i don't know how they managed to do that oh not, there's no limit there's no, no limit oh because it's like the xbox ones they're only allowed a thousand well, points they were only allowed a thousand or, or whatever yeah but yeah, uh, batches for everything in there, so that's good. But um, but yeah, I like the idea of. I mean, because the the idea of of learning to work together as a coordinated team and learning specific ships and how to do well in them. Each of the different ships has different positions and different strengths and weaknesses. And it was something we were getting the hang of back in the day. But then it was always. I think in the end we just got bored of the endless round of you know, PVP, same <laughs> deathmatch matches yeah. over and over again. There was. I mean, I guess obviously these will get a bit more repetitive. But it looks like they have the capacity to drop new game modes in new types of mission to be available there's infiltration missions which i presume involve some degree of stealth gameplay um, i don't know uh yeah there's various attack and defend missions and, and it all sort of funnels into this greater sort of world map type mechanic a bit like oh, i don't know planet side 2's overall zone territory con con so yeah the control thing there and yeah 
interesting map with all sorts of exotic continents and made up names on and different coloured factions and so on it's, it starts to feel more and more like there's an actual world there and from the, the, the thing that always impressed me with it back in the day was the just the hint the tantalising hints of world design mm. and, and, and backstory yeah. that had gone into it but that never really went anywhere because you were just <laughs> flying around in Zeppelin shooting each other for, for no reasons but now you've got reasons now there's sort of progression and purpose to it all and yeah they've sort of added in a whole load of daily achievements and weekly achievements you know the usual sorts of things that you need for a sort of on, a healthy online community um, I think I saw this afternoon there's about 250 players or so roughly okay. it's not it's not a hugely popular thing no. but it is very new so you know, people coming back to it. a lot of people in the global chat going oh I used to play a couple of years ago and I'm back to see what this thing yeah, is yeah I think it really does need word of mouth to get people to know that something has because I hadn't heard of the release I only heard what no, you were I, talking about I only heard, only heard about it because I've gotten in the habit of just checking the new page on Steam's webpage the, you know, these days just to see what's coming yeah. out just to try and keep on top of things and, and I thought oh Guns of Icarus I remember that oh wow the PvE Thing they were on about it's here i noticed that it got patched yeah. that's how i tend to notice the stuff's <laughs> happening the games i've got because i have everything installed on massive imagine, hard drives yeah i think the guns of because online the base game that yeah. we all already had that will probably get a massive patch because it's had a big ui update and revamp as well to just interact with the pve stuff as well but yeah so now there's there's a bit more to do in there and, and certainly a, a game mode that certainly i personally find more much more palatable than endless death yeah i tried a few drop in random drop in crews did I, it go as badly as expected uh, yes and no I, i'm a bit of a noob so i was getting shouted at by various uh, very <laughs> Scandinavian sounding accents uh, telling me that I should do my job uh, yeah. I, I had to sign up as engineer you see and I was oh. running around using guns and things I didn't think we were on fire and then suddenly we were on fire and then suddenly within a couple of seconds I was getting shouted at because we were on fire still <sighs> everyone's a critic that's why you should always play with people who are a lot more understanding well, about your problems well I think if you have you can, you can certainly form pre-form teams and put them in for matches and so on and because remember you're not actually fighting other teams you're not going to have that pre-made face roll problem that yeah. you get with pvp team stuff where you've got a you know gang a gang of, 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 of mates that you like to play a bit of casual gaming with once a week and so you all decide to join up and be an airship crew and then you put yourself out there in a crew and suddenly you're, you're just ruffle stomped into the curb next thing you know you're on fire and yeah, burning yeah, and but crashing spawn camp driven out of the game horror the horror never wants somehow to they've again. uninstalled the game for you so what you could possibly find is that your little team is joined in with a random other friendly team and you know you have to try and work together and communicate in some fashion but you're all still on the same side you're all trying to get the same stuff done but more likely you can just pick a one ship versus no yeah. you know just have one team or four on and go and do the map your results then still contribute to the big global overall campaign thing but it's just you and your team learning how to work together and so on or if you know this is if there's more if there's like seven of you see this is the thing it's that it's that, that age-old problem we always have with static groups is that what happens if only three people are on one night and what, yep. happens, what happens that week when 11 people show up yeah well this game's got you covered because you can you can still slot in ai crew members oh, that's cool yeah and they're, they're relatively competent they do what they i mean the, the i think the the pilot controls them with the f keys you can set them to attack mode or repair mode or do what you like mode and they will just generally run around being relatively helpful i think Probably it's not, definitely, it definitely worth uh, night giving it again. I know I'm, I'm here to, I'm here in my sort of uh, my propaganda campaigning mode. Um I mentioned it in Slack and no it's, one no one replied. So is it by any chance gonna be a Friday night? I don't know what night. We'll have to we'll do some shuffling so I'll find out what's going on. But yes, I'm wondering about the Guild Wars night. Guild Wars two night we we're dwindling there. Uh, and we are sort of running Well we're sort of running out. Have of you completed goals. it? I, I don't know. No of course not. It's an MMO. You never <laughs> complete MMOs but I suspect we may have finished it to our own satisfaction relatively soon. I don't know. I don't want to preempt the discussion certainly but yeah, uh, we'll see. yeah. I, I, I would like to find a night of the week for, for Guns of Icarus Alliance. I think that would be great. I think it's because yeah like I say if, if there's just like three of you okay three of you in one boat and an AI person yeah. doing the other thing or if there's 16 of us we can fill four boats and go, <laughs> go out in a massive <laughs> Blaze of Glory, and presumably these missions scale accordingly. So, and they, yeah, there's difficulty settings as well. You, you, when the when the rotation comes around, you, you sign up, you get dropped into a random random crew, and there's, there's there's voting on which map to do next. And underneath is voting for four difficulty modes: normal, hard, very hard, and hell. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, there's the opportunity to ramp up and get you know get better at things. I think. Um, yeah, I think I really like it. I mean, it's it's got that sort of well. I mean, the deathmatch aspect of it the the original guns of Icarus online has that sort of longevity problem in 
how often can you keep playing the same old death matches yeah. over and over? Yeah. And I'm I'm thinking that this campaign mode, you know, it, sign up with one of the least popular factions, whatever, and see see what we can do to make a difference. I don't know. Or, or yeah, just just pick it on aesthetics, whatever. I think you can switch between them as well, or play on other factions, crews, and as long as it's not against your own faction, you don't take a penalty. Or okay. Whatever. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's quite a flexible thing. It looks like they've thought about. That kind of thing, I think it's got potential. I think I'm going to see what see what see if uh, anyone else wants to come in with me on that one. I think it might be good. Mm. Get get uh, get the old uh, HMS glimpse of ankle back in the skies again. That was, <laughs> that was my ship. Okay. Yes. Quite a provocative name. Yeah, very. Yes. I quite like the 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 old fish in the end. It was that was the one we were doing the most. It's it's the smallest, fastest, man- maneuverable one. Um, so you can it, run away. Yeah, but there's some massive gondola type ones there. Try the gond- there was this big gondola one, and we tried it a few times. And you think, yeah, huge gondola ship, quite slow, quite hard to turn. And you think, oh, easy to hit. That's all right. It's got eight guns. Look at it. Yeah, but you're still only allowed four people on it. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, that just means the pilot and the engineer are going to be busy, and then you've got two gunners running around between four positions each. Not quite as as, as impressive as you'd think, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to experimenting. I don't know if they've added new ships since probably. we were there. They probably have. I'm it's looking at the lineup, things. and I couldn't remember if I could see anything I didn't recognise or whatever. But certainly, there's new guns, new kit powers, and you know that sort of thing. So interesting to see. And of course, the faction aspect of it—if you get higher up enough in the ranks of these particular factions, you get special faction-specific weaponries. There's one lot who are well into their lightning powers, and another lot who have gas mortars and that kind of thing. So, yeah, interesting variants there. Q a massive round of buffing and nerfing and uh, complaining on the forums. So and so is OP. Uh, I had a look actually because when you when you first connect, when you first sign on for the faction, you get to the faction main page in the UI, and there's a list of members. And so, and I thought, well, you lose twenty percent if you change faction. All right, I'm just going to jump between all four factions and losing nothing because I've got nothing in any yeah. of them to begin with, and have a look at the numbers. And already, I managed to. I think one faction had five hundred, another was nine hundred, uh, one with eleven hundred, and one with about fifteen hundred. So you joined the five hundred. I joined the five hundred as I do. Yes, I'm. I am the champion of doomed causes. Yeah, that's why I picked Vanu for <laughs> side two. But um, well, yeah, but what happens if everyone picks the cool sounding one? It means you end up with like five thousand players on one faction, no faction, no players on any of the other factions, and no game. So somebody else, has to think of the greater good. But everyone else enjoys the game more than you. Well, I don't know. I haven't got to the rage quit stage yet. That would be quite remarkable. I've only been playing it a day. So. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've managed that on games before. It, you get the random mix of... Uh, it, yeah, just because it's not PvP, that's no guarantee of, of good conduct in random matchmaking. Yep. I've had my fair share of people people being arses already, but that's the nature of the beast. It's not as bad as I thought. There aren't that many out there. Most people want to win. There's one chap who just who was on the voice chat, and he was just going for it. I forget the chap's name now, but he was he was basically sort of part mentor, part part uh, part fearless commander, and part DJ as well. At one point, it was it was just really into it. He was really in the zone and he was <laughs> encouraging everyone, explaining how things worked as he went about his merry business. He had the big hat and the beard on, and he's playing the full pirate thing yeah. and just going for it. And it was a pleasure to be on that guy's crew. And at the end, you can give people a thumbs up for conduct, <laughs> and I did because he was awesome. But uh, and that's an inspiration. Perhaps I ought to try and be like that. We should all try and be like that. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, but anyway, there we go. So, Guns of Icarus Alliance, new paid DLC for Guns of Icarus Online. Sounds good. Very good. I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot so far. Okay. Do you remember last week, which was actually the show we recorded the week before because we didn't record last week because I was off doing a thing. Who are you? What am I doing here? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, yeah. Uh, last week I was in London to oh, well go done. to the Cartoon Museum. London. London. Yes. Yes, it's a the scary big, the place. The big place. The big place where mm. yeah, everyone ends up from. We don't talk about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so into the Cartoon Museum. Okay. Which is a tiny, tiny, tiny place just off one of the side streets on the other side of the road. Cartoon from the British Museum. Museum. It's not one of the great ones I've heard of, no. It's, well, it's right next to the British Museum. So, ah. you know, you, on one hand you've got... Uh, the the looted joys of Greece <laughs> and and over the road you've got uh, some frames of artwork mm. but it was really good I want to see the Elgin Marbles no look they got Superman issue one over there no, oh God, no, no, no. I'm such a Noth- I'm bluffing now. nothing yeah. quite that in any case it's British- what was the coolest rarest thing you saw in the Cartoon Museum uh, I would say well I went to see a 2000 AD um, retrospective of lots of original artwork so I would say some oh, of that cool. uh, it basically normally or for many many years it was just a political cartoons all right so you know the, the punch, and, the stuff. punch yeah. and the stuff you have in the modern newspapers in fact you there, there was one if you remember uh, uh, when Trump was looking for a new uh, 
one of his new cabinet, I forget who it was, yeah. uh, and there was that one of uh, uh, Dread riding Trump. <laughs> Uh, and him saying you're hired, and yeah, that, they have the original of that there. And Trump-based satire in the museums already. Yes, yeah. just well, that's important. Uh, well, yeah, I, and I went there because they've got uh, till the end of this month, a couple more weeks, a retrospective on 2008, which basically starts at the beginning and goes through it with all the major, well, a couple of the major characters. So there's some original uh, early issues of the comic and lots of artwork from. Uh, throughout the years. Sounds cool. And it is an incredibly good day out to go and have a look around that. They had you uh, all this hand-drawn artwork, so you can still see the pencilling underneath it, and you can see where they've uh, used uh, white to be able to write the words over the top, or where obviously one of the words was wrong, so you can see they've stuck a bit of paper over it and put a new word on. So quite, quite an interesting technical perspective yeah. on it all. And some incredibly gorgeous artwork, which just goes into the, the level of detail where you're thinking but hang on this, this is a comic which is that big how are you going to that big how, how are you going to uh uh see all of this stuff and you realize that you can't but the the effort that's gone into some of this stuff is just so they're uh, routinely adding details and features and such that are just too small to be really that noticed but yeah but that i think level of craft but i think that the fact yeah. that it is there does make a difference if you yeah, didn't yeah. have it you wouldn't have you know, 2018 if I'm being brutally honest, has a reputation for sometimes being gorgeous mm. and sometimes not quite being as well-drawn as... Is that the artists? They just have different artists? Or? Well, the thing is, it's a weekly magazine. It's a, week, it's a weekly comic right. uh, with four stories uh, each week. Yeah. And they get through a lot of artists. And you have the ones that do really well who can spend a long time to do it. And you have the ones who have been tried who maybe aren't that good, who may never turn up again. Or just the ones who have a very simple style. Yeah, well, I suppose it's a different ball game, isn't it? If you can't spend a month making it yeah. look gorgeous, I, you and get it out there. Yeah, uh, you know, some you listen to uh, some of the artists talking, and they'll say, "Oh, yeah, it's terrible." I, I, the, the the first half of this work, I, I I slaved over it for months, and then the the last couple, I, I ran I ran them out in a couple of days, mm. and saying, "Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could tell the, the second half looked terrible." And you think, actually, they don't. They, <laughs> well, they have a basic level of ability, yeah. sure. But. Yeah, and, and some of the artwork I saw, uh, some of the slain artwork, it's a very painterly style. It, it's painted. Uh, uh, pages, okay. and it is just gorgeous. It's, it's sort of a level you. you, know, you when you think of what comic book art is, yeah. it's not that. It's something completely different. It, it is stuff that you could quite happily frame and put on your wall mm. if you were into um, ancient people with swords cutting heads off and various other Who things. Isn't? Yeah, just maybe not the sort of thing you want to have in your living room. <laughs> I want something in my living room. Um, and there's, yeah, there's also uh, some of the uh, original, uh, very early Dread ones which you know the, the art style is of its time but it still is very very nice mm. and then it goes all the way up and then there was some other stuff um elsewhere in the building they had some stuff from viva vendetta and mm. uh, uh i think on permanent display there so much uh, in the way of sort of yeah like the very earliest sort of hand-drawn stuffs there like you say you punch stuff yeah yeah there's lots of lots and lots of punch stuff uh there's also stuff like the, the, there was a um a frame from rupert Rupert. Rupert the Bear. Oh, right. Yeah. And you, I just look at that thinking, wow, that is exquisite work. Mm. And it just beautifully done. Uh, and so, you know, there's stuff on the dandy. Like back when the Beano and the dandy were red and white, mm. which I completely forgotten was a thing. But oh, yeah, they used to be red and white. And back just when same I was young. Ink, I suppose. Yeah, the printing costs. The printing costs, yeah. the, pr the printing techniques. And you know, much of a sort of technical side of printing and so on in there as well. No, it was purely the artwork, okay. not the technology. Yeah. Um, but you know, as you can imagine, the technology side's getting to be a problem in this kind of thing because how many people are now blatting something else on Photoshop? Yeah. And so there is no original artwork to display. There is nothing where you can see where the mistakes were. No, no you can artifacts. see the original yeah. uh, sketch behind it, and you can see the brush strokes. And it just it's just a fantastic exhibition to look and see the level of detail going into some of this work and the exquisite... So, uh, do you have anything uh, on the future, on the, the digi digital age? No, it, it comics was, on tablets, that sort of no, thing. No, it, it was purely um, this is some artwork. Okay. Um, no doubt they'll run a similar thing in the future because mm. um, they're trying to push forwards. It's all British art, yeah, or 
UK art because most of it's Scottish uh, and a bit of it is Irish and um, but there's actually there's a couple of American properties done by British artists as well uh, but yeah, they're moving away from just doing the, the punches and the, the mats of this world yeah. and uh, moving on to cover a bit more comics because when you think about it, the uh, effect of British comics in the 80s is really massive and still being felt today in all of the films we have now. Probably wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the people who used to work for 2000 AD getting hired by Warner Brothers, uh, not by DC, and then yeah, and then Warner Brothers taking that style and running a bit with what they do now. You get a lot of comic book hero films these days, yeah, yeah. and it's all based on the stuff that came out of that era, Hmm. which is interesting. Cool. So yeah, I recommend going to that in the next week or so when it's still open. Whereabouts is that? Opposite the British Museum. Okay. You can probably find that. They're clever people. They yeah. Google. It's, it, it's the comic museum. <clears throat> it, 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 the, the cartoon museum. Sorry. Opening times? Uh, yes. <laughs> How's some admission fee? Yeah. Uh, seven quid or something. Okay. Which wasn't bad. Not bad. Uh, I, and I, I definitely feel it's a place worth supporting as it expands. So you get more stuff. Is this a whole day trip or an afternoon or an hour? No, I was only in there a couple of oh, okay. hours, but uh, then I went to the British Museum. British Museum of, and, and that can eat the rest days. of the day. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, so yeah, it's a world worth going to. Very cultural. Cool. Yeah. So, better wrap up then. Okay, uh, if you're on to uh, YouTube, you can subscribe to this, like it, uh, click on the bell thing, which I don't quite understand really helps. Yeah. I must look at YouTube one of these days. Apparently it's very good. Well, no, it's not really not worth it. Well, see, you meant to click the bell thing to get get notifications of when stuff goes up, but all that does is piss me off that I'm being notified that stuff's coming up. I don't want you spamming them. No, I don't. Don't Don't push the bell. It's really annoying. Bad, bad, bad. Just like stuff and subscribe. Yeah. Uh, You can also go along to howtomurdertime.com and subscribe to the podcast, uh, which is this, and uh, just in audio, and also listen to all our previous episodes and also the old Pantheonlock episodes. And join us next week when we'll have more stuff. Yep, see you next time. Goodbye.